Hi, I'm Wendy Francis, nutrition therapist, emotional eating expert, and entrepreneur. I've helped countless people overcome their obsession with food and weight. Isn't it time you overcame what you had become and ignite who you were meant to be? Your time to become an overcomer starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Overcoming Your Emotional Eating. What are general generational expectations? Can't even say the word, right? Our general generational expectations are are what we have that was set out by our parents or our grandparents. What did they do with their food? What did they expect us to do with our food? On today's live pre-recorded line, you're going to hear me talking with a client about this in particular and what it meant for her. Remember on these live pre-recorded calls, please listen for content and not quality. We don't dictate or determine what or how a client brings something to the call. And so, but the reality is, is we know that the content can teach us all. Take a listen and thanks so much for joining me. What do you suggest in a situation where you're invited to dinner or you're at something where you don't choose the food, it's there, Mm -hmm. just do the least of the, whatever is least that would run the diet because everything that's on the table is not allowed? So good, that's a great question. And so I always look for, you know, I'm always going to take a different angle to it. So instead of putting yourself, having yourself in a vulnerable situation, one, if you know you're going to a place where the food is kind of up to other people, so to speak, right, somebody's house, a, a buffet or whatever, then you can, and I know people don't think about this, but you really can eat before you go. Right. Well, I'm not worried about the hunger part. Oh, you mean go and don't eat? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So we have all these preconceived notions, right? But the truth is, you know, family dinners aren't about the food, really. Family dinners are about the time to connect with those individuals in your family. Well, right. I'm thinking of not necessarily family. Or you may be, let's say, a group of teachers and uh, somebody is having something. Maybe you're not real close to them. Maybe you are, but it seems like an insult to go and not eat any of their food. Why? Well, it's custom, I guess. Yeah, it's cultural. Yes. And it's generational. And, and I'm, I'm just saying that, that there are certain generations that, I mean, my, I have a 17-year-old and a 16-year-old, and they go places with their friends all the time, and some of them eat and some of them don't, and nobody cares, mm-hmm. well, right? But yet there's certain generations that yeah. feel very strongly that it's an insult, and, and certain cultures, too, that it's an insult if you don't eat their food. But right. the truth is... It really has nothing to do with them. Your food is not you. Just like your actions and your behaviors are not who you are. They just what you, it's just what you've done. 
Mm -hmm. Right? So your food is not a reflection of you. So, hmm? I would feel like I would have to explain to the hostess if not eating. And a lot of times people will question you, too. Why are you not eating? (laughs) Yeah. So... So I have a question for you, and I'm going to give you a second option too, right? Because I get it. But you see the cultural training that many of us have kind of undergone or, or, you know, at generational training, and it's not all generations and it's not all cultures. But I've heard this from many clients, and what I say is, well, you're there to socialize. Mm -hmm. What you eat doesn't make you socialize any differently. That's true. What you eat doesn't change who you are. No. I'm, I'm, I'm 75, so you know what generation mm-hmm. I'm in. <laughs> I do. And, and that's why I said it's generational, because I would say anybody from about, you know, it, it, for uh, anyone that is anywhere upwards of about 60 years of age, mm-hmm. 60 to, you know, 100, that there, you guys still have... The um, and it, and it stopped with my started to stop it dwindled with me, but the generations above you were the depression era, were the depression babies that had no food and they had to clean their plate. Right. They trained your generation really good that food and what you ate mattered, so to speak, to who you were. And if you didn't clean your plate, you were actually a bad person. The government made people feel like that during the depression. I mean, there was a, there was a clean your plate club campaign that the government put out. You can look this up. I'm not making it up. (laughs) The government developed what's called a clean your plate club campaign. They had banners in all the schools. Cause you remember people were only getting like two potatoes a day at a certain point. That's how little food we had in this country. I know we, we hardly can relate to that now, because we're in the total opposite era. But there was literally, literally banners all over the place in schools saying, clean your plate. Don't let so-and-so go hungry. And if people weren't eating, teachers would would get those kids in trouble. Right. <laughs> right. So, so there was a real governmental push on that generation to eat and eat and eat and eat. And that then flowed through to your generation. So we're still, and then we, we're seeing that dwindle away, so to speak, um, as we, you know, kind of come down the generations. But so I, I really do understand that there's this kind of shift for you to make in this. So the other thing that you can do if that's too hard to eat before you go and just go and socialize with people, is you can bring a dish that you know you can eat. Mm-hmm. And so you bring it for everyone to share, and then that's what you have. And if there's anything else there that could accompany it, you know, whether it be a salad or some fruit or whatever, then you can add that to it. Right. But if it feels too difficult right for now, which I get, then bring your own platter of something or, you know, entree of something that's on plan. 
-hmm. and bring it for everybody. And then you choose that. And maybe then you just need a, a couple of other things um, from yeah. what's on the table. Yeah, I was going to say, just let me see one thing. <laughs> right. So that's why if you have your own, a lot of times there's a salad. You know, most people will make a salad or bring some fruit. So, you know, usually you can find more of a side option. It tends to be the entree that can be difficult for people if they're going to a luncheon or something of that nature. Uh, I, at church, they had an Easter breakfast mm -hmm. after after uh, the sunrise service. So they had pancakes, syrup, uh, sausage, and gravy. And fortunately, they did have some scrambled eggs, so that's all I, I got. Mm -hmm. But the men who prepared it would come around... <laughs> And look at your plate and say, well, you're eating like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he felt insulted. But anyway, I didn't feel badly about that. But that's, fortunately, there were eggs. <laughs> right. Right. And, and maybe he didn't feel insulted. Maybe he was just making a comment. Yeah, I'm sure uh, he was. But sometimes you don't like... And that has to do with me. You don't want them to say that in front of everybody, like, you know, and then somebody else picks up and says, oh, why aren't you eating that? Don't you? I've had people say Oh, all right. So you just really uncovered your obstacle. Oh. So it's more about being called out and being that kind of center of attention and needing to speak up with respect to that and feeling that. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Rate, review, and subscribe. You never know who you'll help become the next overcomer.